Blog Talk Radio. your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. I have three very special guests on this morning's discussion question. Have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not? And before I introduce you to our guest, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Terry Simmons. Uh, that brother drove uh, another business show when we were talking about how what does black excellence looks like in business. He actually drove that show just with his post during the quarantine time. Y'all are all clearly at home. And so he drove that show to the number one show this year. So highly recommend y'all check that out. But without further ado, again, for this morning's discussion question, have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not? We have all three returning guests, and we'll start with uh, you, Ms. Laditra White. How are you doing, Queen, a.k.a. I call you the ambush queen. I think you're known as that, but I know you are a serial entrepreneur as well as an investor. So if you will, Queen, thanks for returning to the Mental Dialogue Show. Say hello to the truth seekers as, as we will introduce, introduce the other guests after you. Go ahead, Queen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Montoya. And hello, everybody, everybody, everybody. I know you're quarantined and staying safe. Um, out there. Um, I am so appreciative of the opportunity to spend a little time with you, all of you today. I am out of Atlanta, been an entrepreneur since the year 2000, about uh, uh, five years ago. My entrepreneurship really is I'm a a consultant. I do a lot of marketing and research consulting for the uh, federal and state government across the country, particularly in the area of transportation. I, I was about four and a half years ago, I decided that I should use my platform, my talent, and my resources to help empower other small businesses because we are stronger together. Um, so that was an opportunity. There has become an opportunity for me over the last several years, about 40 times, to um, financially and intellectually sow into small business. About the last year, I have spent most of my time loaning money to small businesses, not, not a lot and, and not terribly, uh, not a lot of money and not a lot of 
small businesses, but I think about seven times now I've been blessed to be able to do that. And I'm also very happy to say that um, we as a people place a lot of integrity into uh, um, sowing back into each other as well. So I'm very happy to say that um, all of those loans have been repaid, and uh, that's where I want to blossom from there. Again, thank you for having me on, and um, I'm looking forward to the discussion today. No, absolutely. I appreciate, appreciate you, Queen. Rashad, again, Rashad Howard, if you will, King, I know you're returning again, but if you will, say hello to the Truth Seekers and tell us a little bit about yourself as well, King. Good morning, all Truth Seekers. This is a blessing to have the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with you. Uh, and, and Montoya, I appreciate you bringing me, bringing me back on. It's always, it's always fun to spend some time on your show and, and be challenged, um, <laughs> the thought process and, and the mindset, the things that you always bring up always personally challenge me. And so I, I look forward to having to share real time and answer these hard questions that you put, that you put in front of us. <laughs> um, but my background Thank is you. pretty simple. I, you know, I spent some time in the Air Force, went to the Air Force Academy, spent some time in the Air Force and was a program manager and, and communications officer and a number of other things there. When I left, I, I was just working as a government contractor here in the Washington, D.C. area. And, um, and it was cool, and I, I had some side hustles, some things I was trying to build on the side. Uh, somewhere along the way, I, you know, I, I got real serious with myself, asked myself the question, how long is it going to be that I continue with these side hustles before they can actually pay my mortgage for me? And in that moment, I remember thinking to myself, you know, it's probably going to be five to seven years of me ex- essentially doing this as a second is a second job, you know, putting in another eight hours a day trying to make this happen. And so in that moment, I also thought, well, if I'm going to be going to work every day doing this government contract thing anyway, why don't I just take my talents and flip this and just say, how, how about I get in business doing that? And so. You know, after making that decision, you know, I've, I've been an entrepreneur on and off most of my life, but that was about 2014. And uh, since then, I've had, you know, a whirlwind experience, had uh, some considerable success and had some failures, too. And I've, and I've learned from both mm-hmm. and been able to, to, to weather the storm with both. And so um, for that time, you know, we've, we've made a few a few couple a few couple uh, tens of millions of dollars and, um, you know, sold a business. And uh, started a few others and, 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 listen, met some great people and had an opportunity to mentor some other great people. About four years ago, I actually decided to, to take some, a little bit of extra capital and start to think about investing in businesses. And, you know, I started with nothing other than uh, businesses in my own community and, and people that I knew who, uh, who I believed in. And, you know, I, I, I happen to believe that business is my activism. So for me, I, I look to solve problems and uh, to create communities where, where self-determination is our basic way of life. And, and you, you know, you can't talk that talk and not back it up with, with your money as well. And so that's been kind of my journey. I've had uh, the opportunity to invest in quite a few businesses all across the map, of certain things that they've done. And uh, I've also uh, mentored quite a few business owners, entrepreneurs, different, different uh, uh, types. And, you know, I've taught some classes and just had some fun with it. And so happy to share this morning and look forward to, to uh, taking this to the next level. Now, I love it. And last but not least, 
Shadon Reynolds, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going to be co-hosting this thing with me, even, so I'm asking you live on the air. You didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, with that oh, said, okay. thank you, Queen, for being with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that, but, you know, you, we're going to work it out because our two guests ain't got that long with us, so you got to ride You got to ride in the co-pilot with me the rest of the way. But with that said, um, introduce yourself. You've been on the show many a times for many a different reasons. You're so talented in so many places. But if we will, give a quick background because we're going to highlight you as the, um, as, as the show goes on anyway. So make yours relatively quick because we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to come back. And, and the questions won't be as hard this time, Rashad, believe it or not. Uh, but I think, we'll get, y'all, I think y'all answers will elaborate and, and, and people will understand, again, why I always say I bring on people who are a little smarter than myself. All right, Shadon, if you will, again, give people your background. We're going to go to a commercial and get started with this morning. Show. Go ahead, Queen. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Sherdown Reynolds. I am a self-proclaimed CEO of She Prints It LLC. We're a promotional products and branding graphic design company. Our goal is to really empower women-owned, um, led, and operated businesses to stay top of mind, to be able to play in the sandbox with the big boys, but still have that uniqueness about them that stands out, that reaches their target audience. Um, you know, true to my heart, at the end of the day, my goal is just to use wealth to empower others. So I'm honored to be on a show with two individuals who are living exactly what I am striving to be. So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to also be able to play co-host to someone who I adore and admire. So let's, let's rock and roll, you know. Hey, let's do it. Quick commercial when we come back. Again, a very simple question. Have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not? On the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Tits Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with recruited co-host, Shredan Reynolds, for this morning's discussion question, have you ever invested into a black business? Why Why not? Our special guest, Laditra Wright, as well as Rashad Howard. Laditra, we're going to start with you again, Queen. It's going to be very simple on the question. 
Um, and then it's basically, you've already gave a background of the fact that you have moved to the level of investing in black-owned business. We always hear the call to buy black and spend black. Um, but, again, I feel like we're taking it to the next level when you're in a situation where you're trying to invest and support other black-owned businesses. So you've been doing that. So the question is very simple, um, simply for the business that you have supported, why have you supported those black-owned businesses? Oh, that's a great that's a great question, Montoya. And, and quite simply, I have well. Let, let me start by saying that um, all but one have been female-run and owned, and happen to be African-American-owned businesses. There is a component that I think is important, particularly because the people who come to me for my assistance are generally not small businesses who can readily go out and get an affordable loan in the marketplace. So I'm kind of in many senses a, um, a, a last resort. The really important piece that I've incorporated into these investing in these small businesses is three things. The first one, and these, I, I don't want, I'm still growing as a small business. So I want to get, I want to help get in and get out. So it's not really where I am having vested interest outside of being repaid for the loan, I'm essentially just trying to help them at a, a place where they are at a crossroads in their business. So I'm not helping failing businesses. I'm not helping necessarily new startup businesses. Almost always, mm-hmm. and this is one of the problems we have as a community of small businesses in general, is pay uh, um, receivables. A lot of these folks have opportunities to grow, but the capital, the money is not keeping up with the expansion. So almost without exception, all of my loans have been placed with businesses who are doing well, but they are growing. The opportunity for them is growing faster than the income. Here's another piece I want to incorporate. I also think it's important to teach a man to fish. So in every one of the loans, short-term loans, I've incorporated where they have to ask for mentorship for 30 minutes every month. So for 30 minutes every month is a component of that loan. They ha- we get on the phone, they gather their questions, and they, they kind of lead it, but they are, they're asked to reach out to me, and we do 30 minutes of coaching. And all I can do is impart upon them all of the skills that I've had from running my own business for 20 years. So I've had to say no to a lot of people. I had to say no last week to someone you know, that I have a long-term relationship with um, going all the way back to college because I want it to be successful. I want it on both sides. All of the pieces have to fit. And, and again, one of the opportunities for us both is for me to get in and get out, for them to get the resources they need. And these businesses have grown once on Q, uh, QVC. Um, for, I, I can go on and on. I hopefully we'll have more time to talk about it. But I'll just say that they've all thrived. They're not asking for money because they're stuck. They're asking for money because they're in a growth potential. So, Sounds good. Sounds good. Rashad, again, I know you've had various investments or support of other black-owned businesses. So same question to you for the ones you have um, in general. Why have you supported them? Uh, it's, been, it's been for multiple reasons. I, I, it all goes back to um, really what is my definite major purpose, and that is uh, to create and develop community where self-determination is our basic way of life. And so for me, it, it, it gets back to there are people who have made a decision to, to take control of their lives and take advantage of uh, the opportunities that are available to them to try to build or produce something for other people to enjoy. 
uh, to create some kind of um, product or service that, that meets the demand. And, and by the way, you know, to me, business is really as simple as that. It's, you know, if there's a demand for something and you have a product or service that can meet it, you, you have the opportunity to have a business and, that, and that's it. And so in doing that and in, in engaging in that, however, I, I feel like it, it, it gives you a certain sense of freedom. And um, it also puts you in a space where you have to overcome certain things. You have to be a, you, you have to be um, someone who, who can believe in yourself in times when no one else might be able to, and you have to be able to stick to things that um, might otherwise look like they're failing consistently and constantly. And, you know, some people I, I, I've invested in, and this is, you know, I don't do this as much anymore, but some people I've invested in purely because I, I like them and I wanted to see them win. I wanted to see them go through that process and come out better on the other side because, you know, again, business is my activism. I feel like we just need more people of color who feel that way about themselves, who can, who can help be leaders in our community um, simply because they've had the opportunity to, to test themselves and try and fail and adjust. And so in some cases, I've legitimately invested in people's education um, in business. Uh, now, there have been uh, quite a few as well that, you know, it just made sense. Um, Laditra was making a, a good point early on about, like, there are some people who just want the opportunity to grow and they're actually already succeeding. And I've done some of the same where I've, you know, provided, you know, loans or what have you. But some of the other things were just, listen, I'm looking at someone who clearly has the capacity to run a solid business, is, is succeeding. And when, it, when I do a quick review of the financials, it just makes perfect sense. I can count my money. I know it's going to be returned. And uh, that investment is, is good to, to help my family, in, in, in other words, just to, to, to create ownership of something that expands my own portfolio. So then there's been times when I've done that. Um, and I think more than anything, you, so when I, when I kind of first got started in prov uh, providing investment dollars, there was, it was at a period in time where I felt like uh, becoming an entrepreneur was becoming incredibly cool, right? You know, you know Laditra has been in this game for long enough to remember, you know, a time when being an, like there was, no one was talking about being a founder, right? That's, you know, kind of become the thing here in the last, I'd say, five to seven years. And, you know, it, it was becoming a thing, but I, I kept hearing so many people complain or say, well, you know, we, we, we don't get access to capital. We don't get access to funds. We, we have all these great ideas. And, you know, some of these other guys, all they got to do is write something on a napkin and they're going to get billions of dollars and billions of dollars, a couple hundred thousand investment dollars for their, for their, for their endeavors. And I just, I, I don't like defeatist mentality and I don't really like victim mentality. And I understand that the numbers may show that, you know, to some extent we, we do get less money for a number of reasons. And, and so part of it was I wanted to invest to, to sort of um, clear the air, to try to be a, a beacon of hope for people who, who would say that well, we, we don't get investment dollars. Well, listen, I got investment dollars. You'll have an opportunity to pitch me. So now there's no excuse Get your stuff together. Let's see if you can actually pull together a pitch deck that, that, that's realistic. Let's talk about your actual knowledge of your financials and your business. Do you have those things? Because once, once you clear out the obstacle of, well, capital isn't available to me, it just becomes a thing of, well, yeah, do I have what it takes to actually run a business? Do I have a good idea? And, and so it was just a matter of clearing out excuses. I wanted to, I wanted to make it such that people didn't feel like they, they, they didn't have a chance before they even tried. And so part of it was just a little bit of that too. It was like, let me clear mm -hmm. these excuses. I know I, I can make money that. along the way. That's it. 
No, I respect that. It's very necessary. So let me say this um, before I go to you, Shada. I want to thank you, Rashad. I want to thank Shada. Y'all are both investing in the Mental Dialogue Community Club. So I'll just, I want to say thank you off top. Um, you speaking about, you know, can these businesses show up? Can they pitch? I think it's a perfect segue to even highlight Ladita, um, how I came across you and came to follow you was when Shadon had the opportunity to pitch her business, and you ended up, um, you know, supporting her. I think with a fifteen thousand dollar win. Y'all can tell, correct me if that number's right or wrong. Um, but Shadon, where I wanted to kind of go with you is just as someone who's in business, in a sense, looking for some, still looking for some capital investment. Uh, quick question, in a sense, for you as that business owner, you're kind of. Um, as that business owner, you're on the, in a sense, the tail end of what they're talking about. So for you as the business owner, if you will, saying, you know, has somebody invested in you, you you've had that happen. Um, but what does it look like for you as the business owner, in a sense, reaching out to a Laditra or someone like a Rashad? Um, you're in the middle of a crowdfunding. We'll get into that a little later. But just kind of, uh, just kind of speak from it, from that end of it, the opposite end of it, if that makes sense. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I did have the the privilege and the, the pleasure of participating in Laditra's. I believe it was her first pitch competition that she hosted for small business owners. And just to kind of recap to that, it was within months of me starting my business. I think I was in the third month of starting my business. Wow. But I think what's most important was just being in a room of other, at that time, I think predominantly black women-owned businesses and being in a room of judges that were all African-Americans and them saying they see something in me. And so a lot of that, and unfortunately still having really good relationships with most of those individuals that I've crossed paths with, and they were able to help me get to where I am now three years later. And so for me, just having the ability to see that and share space with people who are trying to achieve what I'm trying to achieve, but most importantly, to share space with those who can support that journey is essential. And sometimes you feel like that doesn't exist. exist. Some of what Rashad was saying, because the numbers say otherwise, and, and as much as you want to create your own lane, my Toya always says that I live in my own world, <laughs> as much as you want to create your own lane and believe what you want to believe, that those numbers can be crippling. Um, it can be discouraging. When I first started my crowdfunding, I was listening to a bunch of different podcasts to figure out what's the best approach to doing this. I've seen so many success stories, but those success stories didn't look like me. And like Rashad was saying, these gentlemen get the opportunity to pitch their business to billionaires, and they don't have a business plan. They don't have any structure, and uh, they get it wrong the first time, but they tell them, come back, get it together, we'll give you another shot. And so sometimes you just feel like that opportunity doesn't present itself or that um, as a black-owned business that the criteria, not just to pitch my business, but with consumers is so much higher. We expect so much more from what in most cases are first-generation entrepreneurs. And, mm -hmm. and there's a difference because I am not a first-generation quote-unquote business owner, right? We all knew 
people in our family to, you know, my my dad owned hair salons. My grandmother did hair out of her basement. He was a DJ. We know many of people who are self-employed. That is kind of the fabric of who we are. But now this generation, we're trying to build corporations, and we don't have a blueprint for that. And no, so just, you know, that's that for me is I'm on this journey. I know what I have. I know the capabilities of myself, but I always say I also know what I don't know. So a lot of times we're not just looking mm-hmm. for funding, but we're looking for somebody to, you know, hold our hand through the process, so to speak, and say, hey, let me help you. This is what your business plan should look like. This is how you track your financials. Here, here are those things versus, oh, you don't know that, you know? So Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I answered no, your question that's, that's directly, good. but I guess no, no, you absolutely did. You know, you did. No, I wanted people to hear it from the other end. Now that's perfect. And um, again, before we even go to the next break, I want to have all of, have Medita and Rashad kind of answer another quick question. Well, answer it quickly, if you will. We got about five minutes before break, so just keep that in mind. But it's the flip side of it. So we've heard we've heard her done from her perspective. Like she says, what she's looking for is not always capital. Again, people out there listening, investing in a black-owned business can be sweat equity. It can be consulting. So there's a lot of various ways that it can be done. For the listeners out there, we're going to open up the phone lines after the break. So if you've been on hold, we will get the phone lines open after this next break. Uh, So, Laditra, I'll return to you. And so another, the flip side, and I think a lot of business people need to hear this part, and, again, if you can keep it somewhat quick again, is simply – why haven't you invested in some businesses that have reached out to you? Why have you not? What what have you consistently seen for reasons why you have not invested in businesses that you may have looked at? Yeah, so I, I quite simply, you don't want to place good money. What is it, good money after bad or bad money after after good? If you can see that there's an issue, generally speaking, I, a lot of businesses who small businesses unfortunately are hemorrhaging, and until they get until they truly and they believe money is going to pacify or it's going to plug the hemorrhage, and it's not necessarily so. So most of the time that I said no, I've seen beyond the emotion of the of the incident and seen that anything that I do in the terms of money is not the solution. I had somebody come and ask me for money who said that she wanted to start. She wanted to broaden her ba- broaden her baking skills. She wanted to um, sublet a uh, bakery, and she's living out of her car. Do you think I loan money to her? All right, Rashawn, wow. your your turn. Your turn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a that, yeah, that's a pretty obvious um, one. I think right there. But go ahead, Rashad. Absolutely. Um, you know, I really, it's, I, I can, I can say for many of the same reasons, building upon uh, what Laditra was saying. Um, so for me, there's, there's some, some really straightforward things and, and I'll generally, uh, expect someone to complete something called a business model canvas. So if they haven't already completed it, if you're coming at me with investment, I'll, I'll absolutely ask you to do that. And if I've not invested in people because they, they don't do that, I mean, they just, they don't do the bare minimum steps for me to do a proper evaluation um, if you don't have financials, you've never talked to any kind of accountant, you don't know anything about um, how your numbers work or the money works, I'm definitely not investing because um, you can't help me count the money. Um, so that, that's one, another reason why I haven't invested in, in, in others. And, you know, sometimes um, it's, it's just a thing of you respect people's hustle, you respect that they, they believe that they can do really well, but um, – 
there's just some fundamental things that are central to business, like having a customer. Um, if you don't have customers, generally, like if, if, at this point, if you have never sold a thing to anyone, if you've never sold anything to anyone or the business that you're attempting to build or product that you're trying to, trying to build, what have you, that you want money for, if you haven't found individual people, human beings who have already committed to buying, either you've pre-sold them or they've already put some, something up or like say, if you have not sold a product, you've not found a customer or if you're not, if you can't identify very clearly a customer, I'm definitely not investing because I know it's not going to make money. It's, and it's, simple, it's, it's as simple as that. And, and, the, and my not investing in, in those moments while giving the information about here's what a customer is and if without a customer I can't invest and these are the reasons, my doing that is better for them and their business and their future than me throwing money after it because I, I don't want to enable bad decision-making, terrible mm -hmm. behaviors, and yet another person to come into this, the, into this thing, attempt to, quote, unquote, build a business, fail, and then tell everyone else, that they shouldn't do it, right? So I, I, I even will not invest in someone because I feel like they're bad for the community of entrepreneurs and the future of entrepreneurs. Wow. Now, those are good things. We've got about a minute and a half. I'm going to try to put you on the spot, see if you can pull this off. Um, I've been fortunate enough to take one of your seminars, if you will. Speaking of identifying a customer, um, can you go, I think if I remember, it was like three things into kind of deciding if if customers are ready to buy or sell, just because only because we've got a minute and a half, I want you to sneak that in before we go to the break. If 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 you recall, kind of how you teach that, if you will. Yep. Yeah. So uh, a customer is someone who has a specific problem to solve or a desire that they that they have. They have the capacity to make a decision about that, and they have the resources, uh, and they've committed to use those resources to solve that problem or to get that desire, get that desired thing. If you have the ability to build a product or you have a service that fits directly in the middle of that and you've taken the time to identify those things inside of a, of, of a person or community or group, then, then you've got a customer, you've got an opportunity. And there's three types. You have your individual customer, this is a, a sort of consumer-to-consumer -consumer thing. You've got associations, maybe groups of people that you can sell to, or you've got enterprises. And this is where you get large contracts with other big businesses, or in my, in my case, I've done a lot of contracts with government. I strongly and highly and uh, rec I strongly and highly recommend enterprise uh, contracts over uh, a lot of the individual or consumer to consumer uh, type things. But yeah, you're right. It's a it's a webinar I do called Cream. Uh, customers rule everything about money, and, and we can we can talk about some of that stuff a little bit later too, if you like, uh, Montoya. But take that no, break, absolutely. Man. I definitely want to give people yeah resources. All right, we're going to go to a quick break, and we'll open up the phone lines coming out of this break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. That ain't saying nothing against hip-hop. It's just I'm old school to my heart. I ain't converting over. See, you know what hip-hop don't do? See, hip-hop don't sing about love no more. Nope. And sadly enough, neither does today's R&B music. It's all sex, and that is where... Square Business Entertainment comes in to bring you R&B music with a touch of love every 30 days. They drop a new song every 30 days. Check out their latest hit by Taylor Pace, Can't Think About Love. When an old couple prays, the sky's full of sun rays. I'm taking helicopter rides over the Briscoe Bay and roller coaster rides. 
She Printed LLC, a bulk printing company specializing in silk screen, heat transfer, and embroidery. She Printed started as just a idea for a branding t-shirt. I struggled to find shirts that had words that spoke to my mood, and so I decided that I wanted to create custom designs that spoke to what my needs are and how I felt. In searching for a bulk printer that provided small quantity print was much more complicated than necessary. I had a light bulb moment at that time and realized that if there's not a company that is providing for my needs, then I now have to become that company. As women, we wear many hats already. If my company can take that load off of something as simple as helping you brand your business, then it's my job, it's my obligation. We want to make sure that we can speak to the needs of all of our customers, but we're passionate about community organizations and small businesses owned and operated by women. Those organizations and businesses will always receive an additional 5% off of their bulk printing needs. She prints and makes it so easy, it's almost like you're talking to a friend. No matter what vision you have, she prints it brings it to life. So what is the future for she prints it? We're excited about growing and expanding, purchasing new and more equipment that speaks to the recent technology. This allows us to have faster turnaround time, be more efficient and timely for our customers. But we also want to allow you, the customer, to bring your visions to life for your audience. We will offer the opportunity for our customers to host stores on our website to speak to what your vision is, what your passion is, and what's true to you. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shadon Reynolds. This morning's discussion question, have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not? Special guest, Laditra White, as well as Rashad Howard. If you're on the phone line, if you're trying to get in and ask a question, uh, whether it's our investors, whether it's Shadon, who's in business, uh, please give us a call at 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. I see some callers out there. If you're trying to get in, please press 1 and we'll get you on the air with our special guest. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You will need to press 1. On that break, we just heard a little more about, again, my co-host, Shadon Reynolds. She prints it and what she's looking for. You are in the midst of a crowdfunding. So as as we talk to you, Laditra and Rashad, about kind of why and why, why you or why you choose not to invest in certain businesses, one of the platforms that is definitely becoming popular for 
a lot of business owners is crowdfunding. Crowdfunding has been around forever. It's just, you know, now it's, you know, via Internet, it's just become more popular and people are doing it different ways. But crowdfunding is, you know, literally a business investor being able to go to five or six friends and investing. That's still a form of crowdfunding. But, again, that's not how we look at it now that this word has become popular. And, Shadun, again, you are in the middle of that process. So, if you will, again, they just heard about your business. But just kind of share, in a sense, uh in a sense, what you're looking for and hoping that people that hear your story, what are you asking with your crowdfunding, if you will, just kind of go ahead and share that story, Shadon. Yeah, so at this juncture of my business, we're crowdfunding. Our goal is $250,000, and there are a number of different types of ways to raise capital, right? You can go through um, venture capitalists, angel investors. There's so many different options. I chose crowdfunding because I wanted my community um, to be a part of my journey and my growth story. Um, Also, my long-term goal is to franchise my business, so I just think it will be really awesome that I can kind of grassroots raise the funds and eventually be able to position myself where those who invested in the crowdfunding will then have an opportunity to invest in the or take advantage of the franchise opportunity. Um, And the reason for our crowdfunding is a lot of what this king and queen has said thus far is that we see our growth potential. We have the customer. We know where this can go. We know that we're in an industry that produces over $24 billion um, because we cater to women in business. We understand that 12.2 million businesses are owned by women. Um, And we also know how essential promotional products and branding is to creating that awareness, right? You can increase your customer reach by over 80% with promotional items. So we understand where we are, the power and what we're doing, but we also know that there's not a lot of people of color or women, uh, 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 black women, in this particular industry. So we're also trying to, to Rashad's point, uh, break stereotypes. You know, I, I, I don't want uh, the next generation of young women to say, well, I can't go into that industry because promotional products is primarily middle-aged, um, older white men. It's a family business industry. A lot of those who are in the business have been a part of passing it down from generations to generations. And so we want to be able to do that same same thing, but we also want to expand that opportunity through creating franchise models. But uh, currently the funds are for us to produce a warehouse so that we can be more effective, create jobs, um, offer classes and workshops that will be able to double our warehouse as a maker space. Um, a maker space loosely is, a space where people can come in and learn how to or have access to equipment that they usually don't have. I know a lot of people who want to be in this print industry, air quotes, um, but there's a difference between being a bulk printer and being a crafter. So we want to create that space that if you genuinely want to be in the print industry that you have access to the equipment that's necessary. We also need it for a company vehicle. We make a large percentage of our Um, annual earnings through our retail line, or a fair percent, I should say, about 35%. And so a lot of that includes us traveling to shows and different events 
and it's costly because we are paying for shipping of product, we're paying for flights or rental vehicles and things of that nature. So a company vehicle could reduce some of that cost, not, of course, in the, the year of investment, but the year following. And most importantly, um, equipment. So much of what we do requires, like I said, initially the technology. We've been fortunate enough to get some of the equipment that we need, but there's always things that are bigger and faster and more effective, and we that's what we want to bring to our customers. We want to make sure that we can produce the turnaround times that fit the the space that we're in now. Technology and, and companies like Amazon have created this idea that things should happen in one day or two days, and not that both orders can operate that way. But if I have automation, machines that have automation, I can cut my production down to nearly half because we have the equipment that will produce 500 shirts in two hours versus us needing a full seven days. Um, So that's a part where some of the funding is going. No, it makes a lot of sense. So where I'll start here, I don't know if you recall this, Rashad, but when I introduced you to Shadon, I still remember and I've always had a can can ability to remember conversations or whatever, but when I first introduced you to her, you had an event here in Atlanta uh, for people like her, you know herself and you know I was glad to um take part take part in your um event but when I introduced you, I remember one of the first things she said to you is, "I have this company, and I want to be traded on the stock market one day." And clearly, as you hear her put together this crowdfunding and all the things that she's thought about, the vision, she's basically trying to figure out how to scale, as she said, in a world where there's expectations that are, that, as she said, not able to meet without these things. And so she clearly has the vision. Again, that's how she introduced herself to you. And, and, not to bring, and, and to bring in a few of the numbers that were mentioned previous to the break as far as, again, what our community seems to be up against, I want to bring this context and just kind of have you speak on this. So, again, here's, here she is. She's been supported by LaDietra in a major way, as she said, three months into her business. Um, got a nice little amount of seed money to get to where she's at now. Now she's looking to scale and, and take this thing on to bigger visions. Um, in, in other communities, again, we're focused on the black community here, obviously, without question. But there was a study some years ago. You know I love numbers, Rashad. And so just remember there was a study some numbers of years ago just talking about entrepreneurs. Sometimes people think there are more entrepreneurs than there really are, uh, but the most, of the, most mm-hmm. of the people in the United States are going to not – they're not entrepreneurs, if you will. But for those who go into entrepreneurship, for example, our white counterparts, they found that when they're starting up a business you – know, I forgot what study it was, but the average was they could go to about six friends and at least start up with about $200,000 amongst six friends. Again, that is a form of crowdfunding, but that is average startup for that community. We're obviously having quite, obviously a quite different starting point. So bringing those numbers in, hearing her story, what she's looking for in crowdfunding, I guess the, in a sense, I guess the question would kind of be um, crowdfunding is an option, and what do you think of it? In, in 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 considering those numbers for our counterparts versus what we have to do to try to go forward. Any thoughts on that? 
Okay, so you said you weren't you weren't going to ask any really difficult questions, and the fact that it took you <laughs> okay, a I'm, minute and a half okay, I, I messed up. to get it to me. That, no, it's all good, man. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just playing with you, man. So, first yeah, of all, of I course, think crowdfunding is excellent. I think it's excellent. You know, the first, the first, I'll say the first like real major investment that I ever made in anything was uh, with a group of people. There was about nine, ten, eleven of us who put. Um, I think we put like twenty five hundred bucks a piece in, or something like that. I think it was about thirty thousand dollars, and we gave it to another guest of yours, a regular of yours, Mike Sutler, uh, because he was doing a um, commodities trading. Uh, mm-hmm. something I don't even understand, didn't even understand it that fully then. I just wanted to support my man, and then, you know, he was trading, and I figured he can help us make some more money. And he did, and it was great. Um, and then I remember the laws changing right around that time, around crowdfunding, uh, where they, they had this thing where they said, you know, they changed the policy so that, you know, an individual investor who's not an accredited investor could put up, I think, up to ten or $15,000 into crowdfunding mm-hmm. and, and really begin to, you know, make some waves. Um, for me, it, it comes down to this. I read a, I read a book not too long ago called uh, The Blueprint for Black Power by Dr. Amos Wilson. And uh, somewhere toward the end of it, he actually talked. And, and power is something that's important to me. I, I feel like it's a key to things like self-determination, your ability to actually make decisions for yourself, your family, your community, because you have the power to do so. And so toward the end of it, he talked about the notion of creating pools of money um, and that, you know, many of us, you got to think of it, you know, Black people in particular have also been in the category of folks who are seen as uh, significant consumers, right? We have expendable income, at least here in the United States. We've had expendable income to put, put into many different things, uh, whether it's uh, luxury items, nice cars, clothes, whatever. Like, we, we do have the capital, um, you, know, in small, in, you know, in small groups. We do have the capital to put into something. And, and so – uh, he talked about being able to to start to pull those funds for the purpose of building up, you know, the, these other groups of people or these other businesses that ultimately give back and sustain us in our community, right? So crowdfunding to me has always been sort of a, an extension of that. Like, how do I get to a point where I can support um, people and not and not put so much risk in, right? I think the beauty of mm-hmm. of someone who is an investor. Um, getting into crowdfunding is that like you're, you're minimizing your risk with a lot of other people putting money into what Shardon is doing almost, it's really a no brainer by the way, because she's clearly done her research. She's been in business for a while. Mm -hmm. She understands what it's going to take for her to scale. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but if you don't have a whole lot of capital and you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, it's a, it's a, it's a no brainer. It's like, okay, well, Hey, there's going to be, you know, probably, I I don't know how many people you're you're really um, looking to approach there, Shardon, but like there's, there's probably going to be about a hundred people, 200 people, thousand or what have you, who all put in small amounts of capital. And it's, and it's simple. And there's no, there's really very little risk associated with it. Um, so, so it's, I think it's a great thing. It's a great way to give a boost to um, someone who's looking for, for funding and they don't personally have six friends with, you know, uh, <laughs> about $30,000 right. $30, a piece to help them hit their goal. So, so it's, nah, that's a good I, point. Yeah, I love, we actually get to break, so let me, um, yeah, let me, yeah, let me put a button in right there. We're gonna go to a quick break. with will Rule to get your thoughts on this when we come out of break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you need a video to help promote your business on social media? 
Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing to get a professional, high-quality video within 48 hours. Let more people see how your business can help them. No matter what type of business you have, we can create a video for you. Authors, realtors, life coaches, insurance agents, stylists, therapists, and more. We got you. Is your business next? Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing at 470-635-1241 or info at blackivorydmf.com. Again, that number is 470-635-1241 or email them at info at blackivorydmf.com. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Special guest co-host, Shadon Reynolds. Have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not? Special guest, Laditra White and Rashad Howard. Laditra, before I get you a quick thought, I want to throw something else out and have you kind of respond to um, Shadon's situation and this thought as well. Um, as I listen to Rashad break down, again, why Shadon supporting her is a no-brainer. And, and I, I would agree with that. One thought is we see a bunch of crowdfunding, in a sense, being offered to the community. Um, I know, for example, I've supported a, a business that's asked for crowdfunding, you know, in the past or whatever. And to a certain extent, sometimes um, while we do have, as Rashad said, an amount of discretionary funds, sometimes you're getting asked and want to support, but you're kind of already supporting that one. And so I don't know if there's funds, if you will, spread far in the sense of reaching significant goals. I remember the one um, company I supported in that way, you know, they, wouldn't, they wasn't able to hit their number, and we see that all the time. Shadun can definitely speak to that because I know she's done the research on, in a sense, how well our crowdfundings do in comparison uh, you know, to others, if you will, and she's even researched the ones that have been successful in our community. But just any thoughts on, again, her situation just and the idea of um, the number of crowdfunding offerings that come out to our community. Uh, and I know you look at the big picture numbers as well. So go ahead, Queen. All right. Well, thank you. And let me begin by saying I completely have 1 million percent confidence in Sheridan and she prints it to accomplish any crowdfunding effort that she may um, embark upon. What a great business foundation. What a great-minded businesswoman. And she has thankfully, in my opinion, surrounded herself with a great winning team of people who are willing to invest in her. Having said that, I am, and I just want to be completely clear that I'm just speaking on my, my opinion and my experience. Crowdfunding is probably the number one, are you there? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah. So we oh, welcome that. Go crowd, ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Okay. Crowdfunding is probably the number one conversation that I have been asked to engage in in the last 18 months or so. I have varying views on it, and I'll be quite honest. I'm not a personally, as my business, I'm not a big advocate of it, and because for a couple reasons. I, and I, I want to I want to take my time because I want I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from from using this as a strategy, but I can only speak to my personal experience in watching businesses who use this as a strategy. None of them, no black business that I'm aware of, and I have a lot of data, has been successful at reaching their goals. 
Now, so the big question becomes why? Why are we not able to do that? First of all, I think I personally believe that crowdfunding has become a passe term. It has become so um, generalized that people don't really understand what it is. There are, and as you've mentioned, as we've all mentioned, there are several different ways to crowdfund and very different, very different types of crowdfunding. One of the most general is people think of a crowdfunding as a GoFundMe, and there is. I mean, they, they think of it as a GoFundMe account or, or a methodology. But there are so many different ways. There's ways that you crowdfund and people end up with part of your company. There's crowdfunding where you're offered a reward at the end. If you do this, I'll put your name on the wall. That's what Carla Hall um, the, the professional chef did. She did a crowdfund where you invest in her business, her first restaurant, and she will put your name on the wall for, you know, and some people may be incentivized by that. That, that restaurant lasted for less than a year. She did, and, and nor did she, was she able to raise the entirety of the money that she wanted. There are about five or, diff, five or six different ways to crowdfund. And I think what I would urge, what I would encourage, if anybody is using this, thinking about this as a methodology, and I don't doubt that um, Sherdon has done just precisely this, is you've got to have a really compelling story. You have to have a really compelling A to Z uh, uh, story to tell to really bring people in for the long haul, um, and so that would be that would be my thought because every opportunity that I've seen or every it, it either people wanted a lot of money really quick and they were and what they were relying on is the, the law of large numbers. So if I ask enough people for this money, I can get to this destination. And in my personal opinion, I think there were smarter, more insightful more strategic ways to raise that money. And what we need to become smart about is finding, finding, getting to a better model where we're asking fewer people with a lot more money and telling a strong and compelling enough story to truly bring them into the fold. And so that's, that's my opinion. I, I love the last thought because I, in my, in a sense, research, if you will, what, what you just said is what I see in a sense, again, not to do too many comparisons to other communities, but that's what I've seen consistently, that while we see success with other groups, they are still targeting, in a sense, people with more money. And while it may seem like a lot of people support it, you know, a thousand people or people with, in a sense, discretionary money brings you a lot of money. A thousand people with people who maybe lack discretionary money brings you only so much money. Again, that's a perspective. But, Shadon, I'll let you jump in after you're hearing what Rashad has had to say um, and hearing your story, um, hearing Laditra's thoughts. Um, any thoughts from you, Queen, just in reference? Again, absolutely wanting you to be successful. Definitely know enough about your business acumen to know that you will be. But ultimately wanting to see your crowdfunding be successful because like yourself, like you told me in the past, I've, I've, I have seen a few that are successful, but most have not at least met that number. If we're going to call meeting the number success, it, you know, that may not be the end all be, be all goal, but if you will, Queen, just any thoughts about what you're hearing from both of our investors? Yeah, I, I agree actually with both perspectives. Um, I, I agree with Laditra that the, in essence, there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know? And so there's other ways that we can raise these funds that we should consider reaching out to larger or fund people who can fund larger amounts and having that one-on-one experience. I'm all about engaging 
you know, up close and personal with people. So I, I completely support that. I think what's different in our community and, and what I found in our research is that we usually don't know who those people are. We, again, are first generations of individuals that are hoping to produce corporations. So when I say that um, sewing into my crowdfunding could totally be sweat equity, a part of that could be saying, hey, I can't, I don't want to put in $50, $100, or what have you into your crowdfunding, but what I will do is that I will commit, you know, 10 hours a month to helping you possibly locate the right connections or these two individuals are uh, experts in contracting. I'll show you how to be more effective in contracting in your industry. I'll help you with that. There's, we have the ability to make it happen. It's just what is it that you can offer because the value of that, say, you know, your classes are $200 or $1,000 for your class. Well, to me, if you're committed to supporting me in 10 hours and you charge $100 an hour, that's $1,000 that I can knock off of my crowdfunding, right, because you've invested that in me in that way. So, um, and additionally, I would say um, Laditra spoke to, and we're all aware that there's not a lot of success in crowdfunding for Black-owned businesses. But I will also say there's also not a lot of success in um, getting venture, venture capital for black mm -hmm. women-owned businesses. I think it's about 12 women who have been able to raise over a million dollars, 12 black women. Um, so there's not a lot of success there either. My, my thought is that just because someone hasn't done it successfully doesn't mean that it can't be done. So what can we do differently because additionally in other communities, as I've done my research, what I found is that a lot of times they're starting businesses and they also don't know their numbers. They also don't know what their reach is. Mm -hmm. um, to Rashad's mm -hmm. point, they're literally just writing a business plan on a napkin and they're going to random people and they don't have a pitch and they just don't have it together. But the difference in what I see is that they're giving a chance they're not just dismissed immediately because they don't get it right. And additionally, once people have invested in them, they fail <laughs> because the percentages of small businesses that fail in the first three to five years is not breaking down by race or class. That's just a fact, right? So that's across the board. So people are investing yeah, in these companies. Their first, biz, their first, first business idea is not successful. Most of the companies that we see that are huge today fail the first time. But what do they do? The difference, I think, in the level of confidence that they possess, and not just themselves but in each other, is that those businesses, they fail the first time, and they go back to those same people and say, I messed up, but I think this idea will work. I've learned from that. Here's what I'm going to do differently can you invest again? And that, that requires confidence on the side of the individual business owner, believing in what they can do, and confidence is an energy that I think um, is transferred to others, and the confidence of that community that they know how, uh, what uh, opportunities are out there for them, their abilities, and so they trust, and they say, okay, I'll invest again. And so maybe it's not the same 
twenty thousand or thirty thousand they invested the first time, but maybe they'll say, "Well, here's five or ten thousand for you." I remember right. one of now, those. Now those uh, are great. Those are great thoughts. We're kind of coming up to the top of the hour, and I want to be respectful of both yeah. guest time. I think I stole fifteen minutes from Rashad already. Um, so uh, we have a caller as well, but we'll have to get to them after the break. So, Ladisha, I'm going to start with you, Queen. Um, if you want to share any information for, if you got, I know a lot of times you're putting things out publicly on, you know, how people can reach you and things of that nature. So, if you want to share information, because again, I want to be respectful of your time. Go ahead, Queen Rashad. We're coming to you right after this. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Ladisha. Thank you All so right. much for your time this morning. All right. Thank you so much, Montoya, again for the invitation. Sherdan, I love you bunches and bunches. And Rashawn, thank you again for sharing the platform time with me today. I've, I've learned a lot. The simplest way to reach out to Laditra, if you want to think about what I do in my real life, is um, nobleinsight.noblinsight-transport.com. Uh, noble that's where I'm a government contractor, and that's where I, um, that's my professional life. Everything else is my ministry, where I, whereby I invest in small business, and um, the best way to reach out to me through that platform is laditrawhite.com. Again, laditrawhite.com. Um, always follow me on social media because I'm always up to no good there, and I really appreciate the opportunity again, Montoya. I hope it's not the last time, and I know I owe you a visit um, in one of your, uh, I think it's monthly, um, yeah, once a month, live excuse. Once we come out of quarantine, and you got you got an excuse right now. You got a fair excuse right. Now. All right, all right. And I do not have one when, when it's over. So we'll do that. And again, exactly. Thank you, no, thank so you much very much. All right. Bye bye. All right, uh, Rashad. I hope I didn't steal too much time from your son, but if you will, same thing for you. Any yeah, information you want to get out? Yeah, yeah. Please go ahead. I was texting you. I was texting you to let you know I got I got probably another fifteen if we if you needed me to stick around oh, a little perfect. bit longer. Maybe you but, can um, admit because the question might be for you. So let me do this then, if you don't mind. If okay. you got fifteen, let me go to break and make sure the question okay. ain't for one of you because the question may be for one of you uh, versus you know me and Shadon are gonna hold this thing down for the next hour. Let me go ahead and jump to break. Thank you so much for that, Bring King. Uh, we'll okay. be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think top of the first hour. We always play our hit cut from. Square Business Entertainment, so sit back and enjoy a little music, and we'll come back for break with our discussion question. Have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not? All I ask is that you think. When an old couple prays, the sky's full of sun rays. And taking helicopter rides over the Frisco Bay. And roller coaster rides, keeps winning for prize. When people are truly happy, themselves inside like mountains capped with snow a great ending to the show so many things I love and all I know I can't think about love but I pick it up you everything I find beautiful just compared to you I love it so real I love it so true I'm 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Shadon Reynolds. Have you ever invested into a black business? Why why not? As we just hear a beautiful cut again by Taylor Pace, Can't Think About Love. Our special guest still on the line with us is Rashad Howell. we got a caller that's been waiting, so we're going to go to the caller and make sure they don't have a question for Rashad while he's still with us. Area code 916-LAST-3257. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Uh, good morning. Yes, everyone. How are you doing, Rashad? How are you doing, Montoya? How are you doing, Shardan? This is Tamika Peoples. I'm calling from California. Thank you for the discussion this morning. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I just had a, a thought, and then I had a question, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll kind of go on mute so I can hear the response. So, I, I 100% agree. I think our discretionary money, um, as, as a black community, might be limited. But I think if we do the education and a real look at our, our, our spend, we'll realize we do have the money to put into or to sow into um, a crowded effort to see someone's business, someone like Shadon, which Shadon is going to succeed, family. I, I, I'm sowing it to her that, that she has a great community, and you heard the vision, you heard the pitch, you should invest. Um, but I would like to talk about that uh, six degrees of separation, that introduction and enterprise business. Rashad briefly spoke about this, um, and that's more of that business-to-business and perhaps even contract relationship that you maybe can think about in what you're doing for your business that can help scale it. And then the, the six degrees of separation from introduction. So I've heard us, each one of us has spoken about, hey, our counterparts can go and perhaps within six people have that 250K. And, and it's really true. Your network is your net worth. They're having conversations with the people that have uh, the income potentially to see that. And I think we do need to talk about having those circles or holding space for those circles so we can have those levels of introduction and that angel investing looks could look a little bit different in our community than, or similar in our community than it does in, in our counterparts. So if we could maybe just speak to that enterprise B2B relationship that I think some of us can think about uh, to scale our businesses and then um, that six degrees of separation. You know, if, we, if, if you don't have the money, perhaps you have the network. And then I'll, I'll yield the floor. Thank you again for your time and the insight. No, thank you very much, Rashad. Go ahead and jump in. Again, I know you have a lot of a lot of time, so go ahead if you'll jump in and and speak to uh, Tamika's question, if you will. Thank you, Tamika, for the um, for the question. Excellent question. And and if I understood it correctly, I think she's asking, you know, talk a little bit more about what it takes to to develop an enterprise relationship, or, or what does that even look like? What is, what is that about? And then the other thing was, how do you find the people to give you the money uh, through your network? So I'll start with the with the with the first piece about the enterprise. Um, I happen to believe that if it's a, if you if it's a product business, even if it's a service, um, you should you should always think about are there companies, are there are there large um, organizations that buy this service? Um, so, for instance, and you know this may be this is kind of appropriate for this time. Like maybe you've got um, a cleaning product, right? I, I see sometimes on. Um, on my Instagram feed, I see a lot of people who are like, hey, I make this uh, special kind of, you know, soap or oil or something. It's all natural. It's this or that. And, and they're, they're sort of the whipping this up at their house. And uh, they found a way to sort of come up with some pretty decent marketing, packaging, some of those other things, and, 
they're they're trying to sell it now, and that's fantastic. And there's a there's a lot they're going to learn from that process. It's cool, but there's also opportunity maybe to to recognize that uh, maybe there are a lot of um, local businesses that need to have certain kinds of soaps, and they want and maybe they're in a particular part of the community where they want to offer natural soaps or natural cleaning or natural something. Um, perhaps you could begin to sell directly to those businesses, or even bigger, there may be. Um, military installations that may be close to you that buy these things in bulk. And so if you're able to figure out how to get your company registered, um, going into to all the different uh, registrations and certifications that your company would need to get in order to do business with the government, you might be able to sell this stuff at, at, a, at, a, at a high clip. Um, I've got a, a partner who's um, got a, a woman-owned business out of New York called Beautiful Brains. I do business with her. Um, you know, recently started getting phone calls uh, just because of, you know, the services that she could provide. She started getting phone calls um, late last week uh, about, hey, listen, this COVID-19 crisis is going crazy. Do you happen to have any connection to anyone who can help us order these uh, medical supplies? And she was getting calls from the hospital. Then she started getting calls from the bank, then the local uh, uh, mm-hmm. grocery store chains. All those people started calling her um, to provide medical supplies. And here's the thing. On the, the days that they called her, she did not know that. But to, to now maybe flip into this concept about the six degrees of separation, um, mm-hmm. she knew someone through me um, who's a lawyer who she mm-hmm. just reached out. You know, hey, do you happen to know someone who does this? He said, hey, I got some friends that I went to college with, that I went to law school with who run an import-export business. Let me call him. Call the guy the import-export business. Before you know it, there's, you know, multimillion-dollar orders coming through the door for wow. emergency you know, hospital gowns and, and N95 masks and all of that stuff. And, and that happens just like that. And so, you know, instead of, instead of maybe pushing just an individual product to individuals only start to think about what large companies need to buy this stuff in bulk. You know, I I ran a virtual pitch competition. There was a a young gentleman um, who had this company called Mr. Fresh, I think. And uh, and it was a air freshener. And one of the things that I spoke to his mother about uh, as, as you know, she was looking at, well, how do I begin to expand this? I said, well, great. You got an air freshener. That's cool. Why are you putting it just on shelves? How about you go to car washes? Look at all the local car washes and see if you can, you know, get the car washes to buy this stuff in bulk and start to think about other installations and so on. She joined the Chamber of Commerce. She got uh, – and, and once she started to talk about the Chamber of Commerce and, and, and uh, at some of the local – um, uh, meetups around, you know, uh, contracts and government contracts. And she started to get lots of insider information where she could get bulk orders. And, and, and that changed the game for the business. It went from her trying to build one independent product and sell to and try to convince a million people to buy it to convince two people to buy a million. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's nice. kind of, it's as simple as that. And, and, you know, I could extend on that in many different ways, but, but that's the concept of the enterprise. The six degrees of separation piece. Um, I'll just give you a secret, right? And this is this is a secret that I that I offer to people most of the time, especially if I'm teaching in a class, because I don't think I can get too deep into the networking. I, don't, I think I'll probably run out of time. But if you if you could spend the necessary time within your network, within your church, within your community, within the people that you know, find yourself a corporate lawyer, a high power lawyer, somewhere, someone who might be either on the rise or has been attached to in the past or has done some work at a law firm. Generally, lawyers. Um, are attached to larger customers, those customers have needs, right? And so if, if you're talking to one of them, they probably not only can help you figure out what kind of contracts you would need to write, what kind of enterprise agreements you need to pull together, but they have potential customers for you and they can evaluate your product. Same thing with um, accounting firms. 
right? There's a KPMG or a PW, uh, uh, PricewaterhouseCooper or Grant Thornton or something in your town. There's, or even just a mid-sized uh, accounting firm that works for some of the big businesses, businesses in your town. If you know anybody there can figure out how to find someone, or you can use a thing called LinkedIn to do a search on those companies and see if you've got anyone in your network who's connected to them, or use your social media to figure out some of these things. If you know anybody who's connected to something like a, uh, an accounting firm, get in front of some members of people who are at accounting firms, because what are they doing? They're constantly looking at the books of businesses, right? They're constantly evaluating why and, why and how those businesses are successful, and they know about the vendor relationships that those businesses have. You may have a pretty decent idea that you think could, you think could sell pretty well. You're talking to someone at an accounting firm who uh, they're working for a customer who buys those products on a regular basis, they could probably connect you right away to exactly where you want to get. Then there's the whole concept of invisible capital. There's a book by Chris Robb out there. If you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to figure this thing out, I highly recommend uh, spending some time reading that. It's a gentleman that you've had on the show before, Ed Hopkins. Uh, is a gentleman. He, he recommended it. He recommended the book. He actually gave me a copy of the book. And uh, it's one of those things that changed my life when, uh, when we talk about uh, understanding the value of the network. There's another one called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. You could read. It could teach you a lot about how to go through the process of networking to build long-term relationships that allow you to build out your business in time. So that's my, my quick answer to everything that – or my long answer to everything that Tamika, I think, was, I think was asking. I think that's an excellent answer. Um, Truth Seekers, I hope you all are out there listening, taking advantage of these potential resources, um, the book recommendations, uh, those that we admire quite often. If you, One thing that's pretty consistent, all of them are voracious readers because uh, they're looking for the information to be better at what they do. And so believe it or not, when you think you don't have time for that, if you look at their story, they took time to read along the way. They didn't get there and didn't have time to read. So just kind of putting that out there. Uh, with that said, King, thank you for your time. I'll now let you kind of offer out any information that you want to put out publicly and appreciate you uh, for your time. It was a time well spent. Always appreciate having you on the show. And I'll highlight uh, a, new pla- a new platform, a new show that's coming to the platform, which we just had our first one, Money Motivation. So you will hear, if you like what you heard with Rashad, you will hear him from time to time on our new show, Money Motivation. It'll be coming to the platform from time to time. Just wanted to highlight the fact that we have him on the Money Motivation Squad. Thanks again, King. Go ahead and let people know how they can reach you. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm personally excited about money motivation. So I, I'm definitely going to echo everything that Montoya said. You, you got to get on that. I know the I know the people who are associated with that, and I'm personally learning from them. And so I, I'm I'm pers- I'm very excited about participating and being part of that that entire thing. You can find me at RashadHoward.com or if you're on Instagram, RashadHoward underscore com. Um, you can also hit me on LinkedIn. It's probably the best place, honestly. That's where I spend the majority of my time now. Uh, LinkedIn is just Rashad Howard. It's a picture of me in a uh, burgundy uh, tuxedo coat with an afro. Um, uh, <laughs> if you want to check out some of the, one of the companies I'm associated with, Epigen Technology, um, that's what we do on the on the government side. It's how we service customers. We're essentially changing the DNA of organizations using emerging technology. And I don't know if you if you just Google Rashad Howard, I think I'm pretty. I'm, you know, I've worked really hard over the last few years to be near the top. So you can find me in many different <laughs> ways. So. Um, now you come you up, brother. For, I, I for definitely found you. Man. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, man. I'm always a, it's always a pleasure to be a, a part of this, and and you know I heavily support what you're doing. And by the way, if if I if if I need to renew any kind of membership or what have you. 
please let I'm, me I'm know. I'm going to hit you after the show. I, 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 think, we might be on, I think we might be on real time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to put you on blast on the air, but since you did yourself. No, it's all good. It's auto relief time. No, I know. It's all good, brother. Now, thank you for the support. Shadon, I'm very excited about what you're doing, and I look forward to continuing to support you any way that I can. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out your crowdfunding effort, and, and God bless and uh, many blessings to everything that you're doing. Thank you so much, and you know, I think the most important thing for me is just honest feedback that can get me to the next level. So it, it doesn't always have to be financial. My other favorite F word is feedback. So anything that you see you. that I can improve on, please don't ever hesitate to share. Absolutely. No, no we problem. I love it. I love it. We make the connections live on the air. That's what we do. Tamika, please hang on if you're not, if you can, because I want to I wanna highlight something like we come out of this break um, when it comes to Tamika and Shadun. Again, that six degrees of separation. We've just had people who have had various relationships with one another, and it just, it's lovely how it comes together uh, every Saturday morning like this. So I definitely want to keep um, you on as well, Tamika, if you got a second. We're going to go to a break. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404 465 Four three four eight. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shadon Reynolds, CEO of She Prints It. This morning's discussion question, have you ever invested into a black business? Why or why not, as we've been getting jewels from our previous guests, Rashad Howard, as well as Beecher White. Uh, I, I definitely want to highlight and reiterate, because I've been fortunate enough to take one of Rashad's classes, uh, that relationship with a corporate lawyer in your city is something that I forgot about, so he reminded me of it, but he, uh, in his classes, he just really breaks down just that idea of how much they can help. And so definitely, if you take any, don't take anything from the day. If you're an entrepreneur out there, go seek out and find a, and make a relationship. You know, you have to wine and dine them with, with a corporate lawyer. They can definitely expand your business. Uh, I still have Tamika on the line, and I just wanted to highlight um, um, this queen because I know 
um, you and Shadun, we got a caller out there as well. We'll get to you in a second. But um, Tamika and Shadun, I know for, for the most part um, it's a relationship. Y'all actually have a relationship, and so y'all are both, in a sense, looking to do some crowdfunding. So I just wanted to highlight that. Uh, me outside looking in, I think I've said it to both of you, and just wanted to kind of put this challenge on the spot because that's what we do here on Mental Dialogue. Uh, as, as much as I love the, the crowdfunding aspect, my question has always been, I, why don't y'all put them together? And I'm, I know it ain't that simple, but outside looking in, that's a thought that crossed my mind. So I thought, hey, here's an opportunity, uh, Tamika, thanks for calling in, uh, for, you know, in a sense, to have you speak about your crowdfunding real quick, Tamika, and then answer my question, if 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 you will. So just share what you're doing as well, because you're doing some groundbreaking work in our community uh, going forward with your uh, business um as well. So if you can just kind of speak to it real quick, and then both of you kind of take a shot at my answer before we go to the next caller. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm putting you on the spot, Queen. You know, I, I know I'll just you. put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's making assumptions that, you know, we're, we're not in it together on some background stuff. Sometimes you have to be silent about your movements. But um, so – yeah, and I don't like things to be about me when it's not about me, right? But I am working on a crowdfunding campaign that is going to be uh, vertically integrating the first black woman-owned uh, apparel production company here in the U.S., um, where we'll be sourcing cotton from, you know, cotton, which will be the material for our T-shirts for uh, from African-American and African farmers. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a mothership that we're building up, you know, but one of our um, beautiful relationships is with She Prints It. You know, and she prints it was one of the first women um, that I reached out to about my vision uh, and about what I'm doing and about working with her in order to uh, help me do it, being powered by she prints it. Um, because I, ha- I have no intention of using any other print on demand service than the she prints it enterprise. Um, and she said yes. She <laughs> said not only yes, but how can I help? And I think that's the point of of the crowd or the vision that she's even bringing to life is the fact that she wants her community to be a part of this journey with her, understanding that, you know, um, yes, it's going to take all of us, but we all need to have a a seat at this table. And how you do that sometimes is opening up the door so people can come sit at your table. And that's what her crowdfunding campaign is going to allow people to do. Um, um, So, yeah. I, I'm working on this project. I'm working on launching my crowdfunding campaign. At the end of the day, I believe we need to produce product. Um, I, if we don't produce something, then it's really easy easy to relegate us to a consumer class. Um, and there's so many of our ancestors and foremothers and forefathers who who paved the way. The Madam C.J. Walkers of the world, the Warren C. Coleman's of the world, you know, they've shown us how to do this. So I feel like we just need to to take our rightful place at the table. Um, So, yeah, don't get me on my soapbox. That's what I'm doing. Yes, I'm working with uh, She Printed in in that team. But at the end of the day, um, we're trying to bring enterprise to life, which we we don't have a seat at the enterprise table. So. Thank you for the opportunity. Again, I I support and, and love what Montoya and Shardana are doing. These platforms are necessary, but, but we do need businesses that have an enterprise vision, and that's exactly what she prints it has. So, Don, your thoughts too, you know, in a sense, my question to both of you, your thoughts on that as well. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
first of all, I adore Tamika. To keep it real simple and hood, that's my boo. Okay, I always have her back <laughs> and what she's doing. Um, and we did, you know, meet through the mental dialogue community, right? And so when she reached out to me, she gave me what her vision was, and I immediately was like, that's super dope. I love everything about it. I had thought about doing something similar, and so to me it's like, why why do it when someone's already about to do it and we can just work together? Um, so I'm super excited. And she was actually taking it much deeper than I even considered in making sure that the products were quality, that they were sourced from black farmers, the cotton, and she explained to me how little we have less than 1% um, in that cotton space with our history, of course, with cotton in America. And she was sourcing organic cotton from Africa. And I was like, this queen is the truth. And we need to be on board with that. Um, but additionally, I think more specifically to your question, why did we merge our crowdfunding? Although we're always going to work together, her success is my success and vice versa. If we can't get people to sew into a quarter of a million dollar crowdfund. What we would need together would be easily a half a million dollars or more. And um, one of the things that I think becomes a struggle in our community is that people see that large number and what we need to achieve, and they instantly just back off, whether they feel like they can't really put a dent in that number or they just they don't want to feel like they completely funded a business, even though these are established businesses. I'm not sure what the logic is. I would love to hear from callers on why they do or don't support crowdfunding so that we know what we should be saying mm-hmm. and doing differently. Great. Um, but, but a part of it no, for me, I think, question. is that the numbers seem to be intimidating. The only ones that I've seen to be successful within our community have been like a 5,000, 10,000, and those were like barely making it. So what it would take funding-wise for us both to do what it is that we will do regardless, um, I think the number is just too intimidating. Great perspective. And for if you're out there listening, please call in and give a perspective. Uh, you know, um, I'll give my own perspective on that. We've got a caller, so I'm going to go to the caller, and then I'll come back and give you my my perspective on, you know, maybe why somebody does or does not. But that's a great question to you, Truth Seekers. If you're out there listening and enjoying this conversation, uh, give your thoughts on why you as an individual have or have not considered investing into a black business, and, and that's, again, that's a different question than have you bought, or bought something from a black business but supporting a crowdfunding effort or any other opportunity to invest any kind of way. Yeah, we definitely would love to hear from the truth seekers because, as she just said, as, as someone who's in business trying to figure it out, any feedback, good or bad, that you give can help her be better at reaching her goals. So that's a great question she's done to the, to the audience out there listening. Thank you, uh, Tamika, for a great question this morning. I think Rashad gave an amazing answer to your original question and appreciate you for, you know, I, I love highlighting you, and I know you, I know you don't like stealing that time, but I just thought it was so appropriate because I do know while I asked that question that y'all are working together and y'all are connected. Um, so I definitely wanted to just kind of highlight that and just bring that to the table. So thank you so much, Queen, for calling in this morning. Thank you. I'm going to listen in, and I'll go on mute. Thank you so much, you guys. All right. Thank you very much. Let's thank go to the next you. caller. Area code 571, last three, 237. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. 
Uh, Emil Bryan in uh, Northern Virginia. How you doing, King? Hey, hey, thanks a lot for calling in, King. What you got for us this morning? I know it's going to be something brilliant, just in case y'all don't know, True Seekers. Anytime Emil Bryan calls, you, you definitely need to stop what you're doing and listen. <laughs> Go ahead, King. Is that, uh, is that a good enough so, intro? Uh, I know you didn't expect to get an intro, but you're a superhero, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, King. So uh, one of the things that uh, Rashad said that um, the is really emphasizing is the need for a non-financial contribution. And I want to – I want – I want your listeners and I want your business owners to hear that very loud and clear. We live in a system where money is a medium, and most people don't realize that money is not to be collected, it's to be used. The more money you have, the more use you have of it, right? So $1 can get you certain utility. A million dollars gets you much more utility. And what you want to be able to say is, I'm not looking for money, I'm looking for utility. So the moment you convert money into utility, you begin to see how to build what you need more effectively. Here's what I mean. I'm a consultant. I'm building my own business. I've built other businesses. I work with the shot and others. I work Hold with, on one second, uh, Emil. Hold on one second. Thing. Sorry to cut you off. Can you hear me? One second. Yeah, uh, Shadon, is he coming through clear? Because I want to know if it's my phone or because I want to make sure the listeners are able to hear him. Oh, say it again, Shadon. He's out for my folks. Okay, so yeah, let's start, uh, brother, if you will, um, maybe speak it to the phone a little more directly because I want to make sure people can hear what you're saying. All right, is this better? Can you hear me now? Much clearer, much clearer. So you kind of, yeah. Re- okay, yeah, re- no problem. You don't have to say that everything over, but yeah, you're a muffled kind of the entire time. So yeah, just kind of get directly into your point. They can hear you now. So start over at that point. No problem. What I was saying was that a lot of times when we're looking at investors and investing, we're looking for money, but money is really a medium. And the medium allows us to have utility. What I was saying is that $1 gives you a little bit of utility. A million dollars gives you more utility. It's utility that matters, not money. And the more you understand that, the better you can break your funding issues down into things that you can manage. I, as a consultant, have built multi-million dollar businesses. I work with Beautiful Brand and I work with Rashad's company. I offer utility. What I mean is you don't have to pay me in money. You can pay me in some other way, but what you're going to get is value, and that value has utility. So what you need to focus on a lot of times as small businesses, as, as was said earlier, but I'm saying it from somebody who offers utility, right, who's not looking all the time for money as a way for me to contribute. So I can invest in your company as a consultant, and you don't have to pay me in dollars. You can pay me in something that I need for my, for my life to progress or for my business to grow. And so sometimes I have traded relationships for my time versus money for my time. And those relationships allow me to build my business. So when you're parsing out your investment strategy, consider utility as well as money. Consider that what you need is money to do things. Sometimes you need money to pay bills like electricity and water. Other times you can have someone like me who's willing to invest in your business using my time as the medium versus my money as the medium to give you the education you need, to give you the strategy you need, to give you the things that will advance your business significantly without you having to find money to pay me. That is the key to success, is looking at money as utility and then figuring out where do you actually need cash and where can you actually find utility without paying for it. If you can, if you can begin to mix the two, 
you'll find that you have much more wealth available to you than you otherwise would have thought. Yeah, great perspective. We're actually up against a break. Um, and when we come out of the break, I think Shadun has had an example of exactly what you're talking about, just for me watching her her movement. we got another caller as well. So I'll, I'll mention a prime example of what you just said, but definitely a great thought for, as he said, for any entrepreneur out there. Yeah, look at money as utility. It definitely will get, make you creative, and that is definitely how a lot of us have been able to sustain business for a lot of years, uh, myself included. And thank you, Emil, for calling in, if you will, King. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. For all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shadon Reynolds. Have you ever invested in a black business? Why or why not? Great call by Emil. We have another caller out there. Uh, but just a real quick highlight, Shadon, let's have you speak to this before we get to the caller. Uh, but as you put forward your crowdfunding, your 250000 crowdfunding campaign, uh, as I was watching and paying attention to it, you've already had a lady who did exactly what I if, – if, if, at least the way I'm looking at it, basically exactly what Emil was just talking about, who offered to put you in a place when she saw you campaigning for funds, she ended up providing a, a space, if you will, at least the way I understand it, but I'll let you speak to that in detail because I think it's a perfect example of what Emil was just talking about. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would just, um, just quickly say I've been fortunate in a number of ways to have people so into my business um, with services and opportunities, right, which at the end of the day still equals dollars because all of us have heard since we were kids, time is money. And so one of those opportunities was to have a office space and a showroom and a queen afforded me an opportunity that allowed me to get one step closer to my ultimate goal, which is to have a warehouse, right? And and that in itself has increased um, our financial earnings on a weekly and monthly basis because now people have an actual brick and mortar to come to and touch, see, feel what it is that we have to offer, right? So that support was absolutely essential um, in in the way she was able to provide it. And and there's so many other ways, people who help us develop out our our, uh, business plans and our uh, requests for funds and the people who wrote, you know, uh, Savaka uh, Publishing, who wrote our handbooks for us. So we've had so much support in different ways, some through, you know, fully funding, 
certain aspects of what we do, partial funding, just creating space and opportunity for us to thrive. All of these things have made a difference. Um, but I think I, I want to just say that I've said from the beginning of this crowdfunding is that it's not always about dollars. It's about you supporting us in whatever your expertise is. This gentleman talked about the services that he provides, and sometimes he's not always paid in dollars. Well, that's the true definition of bartering, right? And so um, mm -hmm. you can barter. That's one way that you can just do business with someone, but in the effort of, you know, crowdfunding, which is not necessarily a guaranteed return or there's returns to different levels. Laditra talked about having your name on the wall. That's one of our levels, actually, that we say you donate this much, whether it's exact dollars or something that has that dollar value, we'll put your name on the wall in our office and in our warehouse when we open it because we understand the value in those things and just acknowledging you and what you've done on a long term. So we're doing that. The finding that a lot of times people are saying, well, if you do this, if you do that, it's like, okay, I'm doing that. Okay, check. I'm doing that. Check. Okay, I'm doing that. Check. Now I need what some is, money. What What's am up I with not that? doing? Right. Yeah, now like, I need some so, money, though. What's up? What's right, up with that, though? You're saying you want to make sure that this is an established business, right? So, so check. It is. I can show you those numbers. Will it be exactly what you're looking for? Maybe not. But here's your opportunity to say, well, this is not exactly what your layout should look like. Let me help you with that. Let me fix that for you, right? Let me coach you through that process. Let me mentor you in that way because I see where this industry is profitable. Again, I am in a, a portion of, just a portion of my business, let me say, because promotional products is just a portion of what we do. A portion of the industry that I'm in is valued at over $24 billion in 2018. We haven't even seen the numbers for 2019 yet, right? So yeah, yep. if, if, if that's the case, so check, how can you help me get to the next level? How can you help me get in these circles? You're saying, you know, be around more people with more money. Okay, where are those people at? Help me get into those circles. I have been fortunate enough to be in some of those spaces, and they've given me other opportunities that have value. But, like, the real question is now that we've check, 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 done all the things that you're saying that we should do, because some people are not operating in excellence, but some of us are. So for those who have done all these things on your checkoff list, now what? What is still stopping you from supporting? Because we need to know we can't do better if we don't know better. Yeah, and I would I would love to have Laditra at this spot. We're going to go to the caller now, but I would love to have Laditra because uh, I would be highly interested in just from having some personal conversations with her as well. Um, where, you know, at that, you know, she kind of mentioned it when we had her on the last hour. She was saying that there are other strategies. Um, I, I would love to, at this point, hear those strategies because I, I think that mm -hmm. would be the now what versus, um, again, yeah. crowdfunding that, you know, me as an individual may want to support, but I've already supported the one that I could based on my discretionary funds. I don't think that's everybody's excuse. I'm not trying to make it as an excuse. I just think it, unfortunately, in my opinion, should done plays out way too much um, amongst in a sense, those of us who are not in business, and then even getting to those who can angel invest in those, you know, I, you know, me, I think that that number is somewhat limited in our community, and so so they get spread then too. Is this something that I would throw out? I'll definitely let you respond to that in a second, but let me see what the caller yeah. wants to get in though. Okay. Area code seven seven zero last three three seven seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. 
Yes, good morning, Montoya and Shadana and Tamika, I believe. I want to say thank you for continuing to do what you're doing. Um, Emil had, uh, it was Emil, correct, that had called in? I'm sorry, say again? That talks about, I said the brother that had called in regarding um, bartering, because I just, like Shadon said. Oh, Emil, yeah, Emil, to a certain extent, yeah, yeah, looking at money yeah. as a utility versus looking at it, it just just as money, if you will. Um, but, yeah, that yes, was Emil. Go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead, Queen. All of these points are so valid because and if we're going to, it's almost like we had a reset right now. This is a reset button to a computer that had over, overheated, over. And then we now we have to figure out how do we redo, not the, just the same way because we saw that 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 didn't work. We are not operating in integrity with each other. We're not operating with trust. And I think when you say why don't people invest in because a lack of trust and our trusting issues is stem much deeper than just saying, oh, we just don't trust. We've been given not we've been given very many reasons not to. So now with this right. reset of finding out now that we're closer to the people that we didn't trust, now we're able to try to correct what has been done. We're now closer to the families by by force now, closer to our children. Now we can have more discussions about where our character is, where we've been talking about building cash, building careers, building college degrees, but we haven't been talking about building character, which is what will sustain us in the end of it all. And so when we start now figuring out who are the people that we want to connect based on how we've seen their character, that it didn't shift, it didn't go to the part of, trying to overcharge people now because you're in a, a recession. But the people who still deal with what Shandon said, excellence, where's the spirit of excellence in our businesses? Those are the people that I would want in my corner backing me, supporting me, not just any money, because any all money ain't good money. So we have to start now assessing the energy of people. This is teaching us who do we want to be around, who do we want to be in business with. So all of what I'm saying, it is really a character, integrity, excellence, our customer service, how we deal with how we deal with people. Because really and truly, after all this is said and done, it's going to pass. They're not calling back the, the lazy people. They're not calling back the people who was late, calling back the people who was always calling in and, and making problems at work. This is now a shift. Now we get to see what your character is like. Now, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a fair point, that. isn't it? Yeah, that's a fair point. Let me Pardon? ask you something based on something you said. Yeah. No, no, I wonder, I'm sorry to kind of jump in on you, but I want to ask you something. I think it's a very fair point. Um, I want to ask you something based on something you said because I, th- I want to flip it. I, I think I want to flip it just based on how I heard you say it. But here's the question mm-hmm. I think um, Shadon's asking of our community, even in the point that you're making. So the question um, is from the standpoint of, so, when you see an excellent business that is asking for our support versus I respect what you're saying, like you want to be connected to your tribe who's all in excellence. But when you're being asked by a business who is acting in excellence, you know, there's all these complaints about how well black businesses do or don't do. But when we see a business like a Shadun who, you know, who we can prop up and say he, she's, she's the epitome of excellence, and she turns around and exactly. says, well, community, can you support me, go higher, what are your thoughts? Because this is a question she asked, and I'm going to just kind of put you on the spot. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to put you, you on the spot. Like, I will. Well, yeah, but let me ask, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. No, the question, I'm sorry for mm-hmm. taking so long, but the question is, um, what, what, what does it take or, to have us or yourself support someone like herself? What, what would be your issue? And I'm not saying you have this issue, but just answering that from, uh, from that perspective, what would it take for you to support? And I don't think it's as simple as saying I will because she's running into our community in her, I think in her opinion, we're not supporting enough. So it's not as simple as me saying, yeah, I like what she's doing and I will. What are your thoughts on us supporting the businesses that are operating in excellence? I think that's the best way to frame that question. And I, I, have a, I have an answer for that because I think because we have dealt so much with competition instead of collaboration, just like what the two sisters, she said, you're in stealth mode. So when you assume, not saying that you assume that um, Tamika and Tadon weren't working together, she just basically said just because we have two things going on, it's not that underneath the scenes we're not. And I think because we don't have trust in our own, how we deal with our own finances, how we mismanage, I'm one, I admit, I mismanage my own finances. So if I mismanage and it's me, sometimes we're looking like, well, if I mismanage my own, do I trust somebody else to do it better than I could? Mm. Now I'm in a position where I'm looking at the fact, I'm looking at me in the mirror. Because now I'm like, okay, it's when you don't trust you, so just because you don't trust how you mismanage your money, you think everybody else is going to. But then when you look at people who are succeeding, then you like, now this is a shift. This is a paradigm shift. You get mm. the people who know, who have shown themselves to be credit worthy, integrity worthy, business worthy. And now this is a shift because now we're looking from the aerial view. Who, who's still making moves? Who's now not feeling defeated? Who's still like, hey, business is going to go on as usual. This, too, is going to pass. We've seen this before. We got to do this right a second time better than we did it the first time. So that's where I am. I had self-reflection. I'm sitting up here. I shouldn't be on ease. I have too many gifts and talents. So guess what? If I can't do it like Shadon said. Now, we actually have to get the break, Queen. Know, this is an excellent response. We'll, we'll definitely oh, talk I about what you had to say to after talk the break. No, <laughs> no, absolutely. We've got one last break, and uh, we'll get to that. We've got a lot of callers out there. If y'all want to get in, y'all do have to press 1 uh, to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. Listen to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Cause I... 
My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Speaking of supporting black-owned businesses, please go to mentaldialogue.com if you individually would like to keep, as I call us, the return of intelligent radio on the app. These are the conversations you felt or that we need in our community. I do need your support to remain on air, so definitely consider becoming a supporter if you're outside of Atlanta or even a member in or outside of Atlanta at mentaldialogue.com. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, definitely contact me directly, again, 404 404- 604-9477. Inbox me at Facebook at Mental Dialogue or even inbox at IG, Instagram, mental underscore dialogue. We definitely need your support to keep these important conversations and relationships building. Uh, every Saturday morning we're doing this. So I think our caller made a good point. And like you said, you had some things you wanted to respond to, done. I'll throw out one additional thought into, because it was unique for me to hear her say that, hey, the way I mismanage my own funds makes me possibly distrusting of others or whatever. And then the other thought for some is I've supported, you know, I supported this one and it didn't turn into anything. I think that's another factor that I know you're up against. I've heard you talk about it many times. But, yeah, any yeah, whatever you want to say in reference to what the caller had to say is some insight on the thinking, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, like I'm so excited. I mean, like my heart is racing. I'm so excited to hear her say this because one of the first things that, um, triggered something in me when she said, and, and has been my experience, is that she talked about truth and character. And the fact of the matter is that we have been taught to not trust each other, despite all that we have been through as a nation against other groups. Even in that process, they've taught us to question one another and not their character. And so to that point in business, we're always talking about black people operating in excellence. And, and, and the, but the fact of the matter is that you should have that expectation across the board, right? Walmart, treat, I always use Walmart as an example. You don't get good customer service. They got 20 registers and two of them are only open. And you hear people complaining about it every time you get in a Walmart line, but you also see those same people come back to Walmart every time they need something. So you don't require of them to operate in excellence. And the, the fact of the matter is that there's good business and there's bad business. And that doesn't have a color. But our expectation is of excellence. And a part of that, I believe, is because we were taught that we had to work 10 times harder, right, to achieve what they achieved just by being themselves. In turn, now you have that expectation of me as a business. So that white business or a non-black business, I should say, can treat you any kind of way, and that's accepting, but you expect me to be 10 times better than the way that business operates because you have been taught that your entire life. We are taught to have a greater expectations of ourselves than others. To so the flip side of that, and I'm trying to get this all out quickly, is that I always talk about self-love and self-empowering, and here's why. Because if I don't love who I see in the mirror, I can't possibly love someone else. And so to what she's saying is still that same point. If you don't value you, you can't possibly value me. And so I just appreciate her saying that because so much of what I believe is the, the fact of the matter is that you don't believe in you. 
So if you don't believe that you're capable of running a successful business and operating in excellence, you can't possibly see that in me because you don't see that in the color of my skin because you don't see it in the color of your skin. But you naturally excuse the behaviors of every other person who does not look like you because you think that what you look like is inferior and what they look like is superior. Now, sometimes it's a subconscious thing we talked about in the last it's show. More times um, it's subconscious. Unconscious it's bias, more subconscious. But it is. Yep, it's very subconscious to the extent that you pointing it out is really, I'm, I think it's a brilliant, we're coming to the, you know, near the end or whatever, but I think it's a brilliant point to really hit home of how, as you said, the way we talk about our own businesses in such a negative manner without realizing a lot of that is coming from the things you're talking about. So I think I think it's like some people are doing it unknowingly. That's why I think it is way mm-hmm. more. So please finish your thought. But I just wanted to reiterate, because I, I, as I think you know on this show, how, why I'm always advocating, because I think it still comes down to this, is, as you said, loving yourself. And that starts at a very young age, showing your children success stories that look like them so that they don't grow up. And you, who, who, who is operating in excellence, and we're scared to support you because, as you just said, because of our own downfall, and we don't see someone that looks like us as being able to be successful or we have distrust of others because of distrust of our own self. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I don't want to let this yeah. point uh, you know, just just kind of say it and let, and let yeah. it be. We need to all we have to reiterate it because we're not usually starting Absolutely. at the early subconscious point, so that we can avoid these conversations in the in the future. You know, like I said, you want to be an enterprise and you want to be generational, and you're having to build it while most of us are maybe experiencing what we're hearing uh, uh, our last caller say. Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry to jump in and take you yeah. know, take over. No, no, you no. That's, that, that's so absolutely fine because it's. Mm-mm. No, I don't feel any kind of way, but I wish we had a whole nother hour to cover this, yes. this specifically because it mm-hmm. it is true. If you you we just it is subconscious. You we have self hatred issue as a mm-hmm. community. So like she said, that all still plays into it. You don't trust me. You have a higher expectation of me. Even the term excellence, we throw that around a lot. But most of the places mm-hmm. you do an exercise, you used to do an exercise regularly at Mental Dialogue where we had the list of top 10 places, our favorite 10 brands, or where we spend our money, and they're never places that look like us. And so I would challenge people to do that right now at home, write down the 10 places, mm-hmm. go through your bank statement and look and see where the bulk of your money goes. And then I want you to ask yourself, what is the experience every time I go into that business? Do they operate in excellence every single time I give them my money? Because if the answer is no, I'm not saying stop doing business with them. I'm saying give us the same consideration that you give right. them. Because if you keep giving them chance after point. chance to get better, but you won't give me one, or to your point earlier, Montoya, I tried it with one business and they didn't do well, so you give up on an entire nation of people? Like, we have to change how we think about things, even on a membership level. I support Mental Dialogue. It's a monthly payout, but if you support, say, let's say uh, Amazon Prime is like $9.99 a month or something. So many people have Amazon Prime. How much do you really buy, right? So $9.99 a month, that's roughly $120 a year you're giving to a company that doesn't even pay taxes, okay? So they're making a killing, they're making a killing, and you gave them, you invested $120. Right. 
Right. You know, bring, hopefully no bring in information that our, that our community needs and can take and use. And, and, right. and we make these, I mean, people like you don't have to worry about, you know, you benefited from the relationships. That's what we are in. We're in the relationship. Yeah. But you're right. They ain't even paying taxes. Uncle Sam, I owe Uncle Sam still right now as we speak. Right. So your 999 can help me out. Your $9 a month can help me out a lot. Go ahead, Creed. I'm sorry. Absolutely. But to, the, but to that point, so and even in our own thinking to say, well, I can't support your crowdfunding, but, um, and not talking about you, Montoya specifically, but then someone will say, right. but I want you to join my monthly membership that over the course of the year, right. you will give me $120 or $240 or whatever that investment is, right. but you can't invest $20 one time into a crowdfund or do you say to yourself, let me put up $5 every time I get paid, and before her crowdfunding is over or anyone's crowdfunding is over, I can take that $5 and sew it into this company? Or do you, can you put to the side a certain amount of money in a love jar and let it build up to where you can just dispense it out to some of these different businesses? Or are you more focused on saving money to get that Prada bag or those Louis Vuittons or them red bottoms? Like, be intentional with yeah. your money. And I'm not telling people to not, listen, you have your vices, right. and I'm not telling you not to. I'm telling you right. that you can intentional in this quiet time that we have, and then I'm going to shut up, but we have this time where we're at home, we're quarantined, we have that quiet time. The one thing I would ask you is to do just that. Make your list. Where are you spending your money? And how much of it is, you know, could be reallocated where you can be yes. intentional. You may not support a crowdfunding, but if you're buying toilet paper, can you buy it from that black-owned toilet paper company? If you need batteries, do you have enough time to be patient and wait for that battery company, that black-owned battery company to ship it to you? If you and, and just real quickly, we talked about cost and inflation. Most of those people who got kicked off of Amazon or those stores we read about that, that uh, those two white guys who went and bought 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and were selling them for $300 a pop and they were going to dollar stores and small little convenience stores, that's inflation. That ain't what's, what's happening to you when you go to a black-owned business. What's happening when you go to a black-owned business is that we mm. can't afford to buy it in bulk, so our price right. is inflated. So you're talking exactly. about I cost $2 more or $3 more for, than somebody else, but know that my profit margin is less. Their profit margin is in the thousands at Walmart, for example, or even those guys that I gave an example, they're, they're getting 800 to 1,000% profit margin, where mine's maybe 60%. So like, hey, well, let's let me really say this real quick, attention. and I'll let you finish, but just to throw this out, because I want people to, you know, I love, I'm a numbers guy, and so we had um, Terry Simmons on um, for the show, What Does Excellence Look Like in Black Business? So the average pro profit margin, and most people don't realize this, is only 36%. That is the average mm -hmm. profit margin. And his point in, in sharing that, that real number was, so keep that in mind when you're asking for a hookup. So your you, you know yeah. so 15% hookup takes 36 down to they just profited mm -hmm. 18%. You're happier about mm -hmm. your, your hookup. And they barely yep. made any money for all of their time and work. So I wanted to just that, that in there because, again, I like giving people real information. Uh, I, you you don't have to hurry up. But we only got a few more minutes anyway, but I want to give you this time because people need to hear it from your perspective and make sure you make a pitch for how to support your crowdfunding as well. Let me tell you, matter of fact, let me tell you how much time you got. You got about a minute and a half. So the last minute and a half is yours, Shadon. Please make yeah, your pitch for, sure. for why people should support what you're doing. 
Well, you know, I, I appreciate that time for me to pitch and share why they should support what I'm doing, but I think what we've learned in this last moment is I really want to give a pitch on why you need to believe in you and people who look like you. Because ultimately, the reason that we see so much success or a lack of success within our community and tons of success in other communities is that that confidence I talked about earlier today. See, energy is transferable. So if I have that confidence in who I am and I believe in who I am, hopefully that energy can be transferred to you. So I ask Mm -hmm. you to spend this time to figure out why don't you believe in yourself? What is it that you don't love about yourself? Why don't you value who you are as a person and people who look like you? And let's spend this self-quarantine time to self-reflect and self-assess and figure out what is the problem so that when we are, as that queen said, once we get an opportunity to hit that reset button, what are you going to do differently? And it's a conscious effort. It will take time. So be conscious in what you do. Be intentional about what you say and what you do. Words matter. Stop saying that black businesses provide bad customer service. What kind of world will we be in if every time you talked about a black business, you talked about how awesome they were versus what all their opportunities are? Not to say that they don't exist. No, it's beautiful. But We're up we against the time, Queen, so I hate to so, cut you off. But she com. please go find right. this amazing queen. She, she gave up her time. To, to basically give us a call to action as listeners and truth seekers. I think we should listen because ultimately you can hear her passion is that she wants us to be better for one another. So that's an amazing opportunity. She gave up her time just to speak to what we should be doing. I appreciate that call to action. We are at the end of the show. All I ask is that you think.